This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News Show every single day at 8am UK time. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for tuning in and making this part of your morning routine. Please make sure you drop a like on today's video if you haven't already and please also subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new and have just found it for the first time it's an area where you can voice your opinions and uh, have your own view on things without being abused without having to face any negativity we welcome all of your respectful opinions all day long about arsenal and there's going to be plenty of debates going on over the next two weeks or so because it is more than two weeks now still i sit here on monday and saying it's more than two weeks more than what how many hours in two weeks i can't do that many maths that's what 14 times 24 oh god my head my head's gone what's that 2000 and, uh, 2448 is that how many there is if there is i'm gonna be impressed with myself um i don't think it's that i think it's a 96 2496 we're gonna go with 2496 hours i think uh more than that until the next game uh that shows you how long it's been since i used to be a teacher i don't even teach maths but mental maths i used to love it <laughs> i don't know why that was what i was good at at school clearly it's something that's gone out the window anyway i hope you're good guys thank you ever so much Jashar lewis gg ekk dana dan wilson let's uh, scroll up a little bit more colin mfb jacobus matt bungle chris thank you so much moses tom mr ginger guna uh, Jing Lin, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are from Hong Kong, Jing Lin. Thank you so much for tuning in all the way from there. Thank you so much. 3,360, apparently. Um, so you can see how far I was. Two weeks. Why did I mess that up? That's 14 days, 12. Does it, I, I'm not going to think about it. That's horrible to think about why I was even trying to do maths at 8 o'clock in the morning. Ridiculous. Anyway, thank you so much, guys. Uh, there's, a lot, there's a few things to talk about today. Of course, it is now the international break which means that um, it's it's quiet. <laughs> it's, it's the honest answer. It's quiet. But it, it does mean there's an opportunity to do some more fun stuff 
these couple of weeks. There's some really good guests coming on the uh, Let's Talk Arsenal fans podcast, people that you will recognise from the Arsenal community uh, coming on throughout the next couple of weeks or so. So make sure that you're sticking around for that content and subscribing. And uh, we're going to be doing some debate stuff. We're going to be debating some different topics. Going to be getting some of you guys on. I'm going to be doing a couple of phone-in shows, fingers crossed, if there's enough interest and people to come on and discuss some of the topics to get really people you know, rolled up and a little bit passionate about things. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to seeing ultimately what uh, will come of that. So, fingers crossed, we can see uh, see some great things from that. Let's go, though, straight to the news. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Arsenal Way, our channel over at football.london. I'll be joined by the guys at 9.30 this morning. There'll be a tactical analysis show of the Brighton match, seeing where Arsenal went wrong. Uh, and of course, lots more interviews and stuff. Uh, some really fun stuff actually coming out this week, which I'm excited about. So make sure you are subscribed over there to get that. Now we start off by talking about Matteo Genduzzi, the French international uh, and now Marseille captain. Now we start off with a bit, of a, a bit of an apology actually, because I was chatting to Ben from the Marseille video the other day. And a few days ago, we reported the story uh, that he had a bit of a falling out with Jerson on the training ground. Actually, not only on the training ground, in one of the matches, a bit of a confrontation during the games. And then an interview um, uh, with a French journalist came out on foot radio that said about how he was grating on certain players and it were great. But actually, that was taken completely out of context. Um, and all of the reports that I'd seen and where I actually reported upon some of the reports was completely out of context. And that journalist had to actually come out. Uh, Romain, I think his name is, came out and uh, had to talk about the fact that it had been taken out of context and that it was basically just completely fine and that Genduzi is very much a key figure and a, a well-respected figure of the dressing room. And that was shown by the fact that he's been made captain. And so it's always important, as always, with an opinion, with a story, that if you um if you talk about something in a certain way then more information comes out that goes against that you report it you don't just have an agenda and report one way over the other and Matteo Genduzzi fair play to him has earned a French international call-up and the captaincy of Marseille he's having a great time over there and uh, Arsenal may regret the way things have gone to losing for just nine million pounds at the end of this season which is probably what will happen um so yeah but i i'm you know i still say that i think the writing was on the wall with genduzi and very much how he acted at arsenal and how arteta dealt with the situation i didn't have too many issues with it but you never want to see a player's career go into the ground and if he goes on and has an amazing career elsewhere then fair play to it uh let's move then on to uh, our next story which revolves uh, revolves around raheem sterling um, the Manchester City uh, player is yet again being linked with a move to Arsenal. With the way that Manchester City are so stocked with talent, Grealish, Foden, Mares, Bernardo Silva, Sterling and two, of course, Kevin De Bruyne, Gabriel Jesus. They want to bring in a striker as well at their earliest convenience. It is looking like the minutes for Sterling are just not going to be there. And then they have to the question... Will Sterling leave? And Sterling, I mean, at the age of, what, 26? He is 26. He turns 27 in December. For a signing for Arsenal, I don't think many people have a strong argument to turn down the signing of Raheem Sterling, especially when 
if you consider how kind of weak we can be. I mean, if you think about it, the article that I wrote, in fact, I'm going to show it right now because the article I wrote the other day that came out yesterday was talking about how Bakayo Saka's injury scare provided Mikel Arteta with Arsenal frontline fragility problem, which only he can fix. And the thing is, is that if Saka gets injured, which thankfully he's fine, um, but if Saka was to get injured, it would leave us with Pepe and Martinelli as our two out-and-out wingers. You've got Smith Rowe can play there. You've got a Bamiang that can play there. Bamiang obviously playing a little bit out of position. You'd say very much so out of position. Smith Rowe can play in a wider position. But Smith Rowe, Pepe, Martinelli isn't enough for a season. It's not enough if Saka was to get a really bad injury. And Saka's really important. And I think that if you sign someone like Sterling, the immediate reaction, and I think I'm already seeing some of it in the chat, is to say, but what about Martinelli? Well, the fact of the matter is, is that I want to get to our targets, our target, ultimate target being the top four. Sterling does, if we're being very honest, push us towards that top four target more than Martinelli does right now. Sometimes you've got to put aside the, what's the right word? The sentimentality is a good word. Sometimes you've got to put aside the, the thing to say, oh, but what about their development? What about this? What about that? Well, actually, it would, in my opinion, be more than positive for us to bring in a player of Sterling's quality, bring in a player that could have an impact on Arsenal as much as Sterling could. And I think for me, when I look at Martinelli right now, he's not getting the chances. And when he does get the chances, he's not taking them as much as he could do. And I actually predicted on Twitter a few weeks or months ago, I said that I don't think Martinelli will be here in a couple of seasons. I think Martinelli will probably have been sold. I think he'll look to find minutes elsewhere. You can't just always pin your hopes on a player to come good. You can't always just sit there and wait and hope and pray because he's looked good in some games. And I think that to make a signing like Sterling would really push us towards that next step, that next target that we're looking to do. And I think ultimately he can play in left wing, right wing, can even play as a striker if we need him to, very versatile player. I would certainly not be against the signing of Raheem Sterling. I understand the argument saying it blocks the path of a, of a Martinelli, but I want us to ask them to reach their targets. I want Arsenal to be ruthless with their squads. And that's the thing. Uh, Tom says, why would Sterling accept such a step down from Man City, though? He has guaranteed silverware in Champions League football. I mean, he's won silverware. He's won titles. His minutes are diminishing at Manchester City. And for players, they want to play. And Arsenal are looking to be going back in that same direction. They are looking to build a project to reach those targets again. And he may be convinced to become part of that. Why would Martin Erdegaard want to leave Real Madrid, you may ask, Tom? Why would any player want to leave certain clubs to come to Arsenal where they're guaranteed certain things? And yet we still manage to do it. Why did Alexis Sanchez want to join Arsenal from Barcelona? Why did Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang want to leave Dortmund aside in the Champions League to come to Arsenal? People always ask these questions. Why would they want to, to come to Arsenal? Well, they continue to come to Arsenal because Arsenal are still a massive club. Not in the regards of current times. You wouldn't say that we are able to achieve what we want them to achieve, but they're always pushing to get back there. They're always able to present them with a very decent wage because they're a very rich club still, a good location, and the promise that we want to go towards those targets and achievements. And so that's why players still come here. Um, like Martin Erdogan is a good example. 
Um, let's go into the chat box and see what you guys are saying about this. Vuk says Sterling is playing in the same spot as Saka, a right wing. I mean, Sterling plays more so at left wing, um, has done so for England, has done so for Manchester City. He's more of a left winger than a right winger, so that wouldn't necessarily be an issue. Steve says Arsenal is and should be the mothership, so everything should revolve around the club's best interests. Well said, Tom. Thanks, Steve. Venkatesh says, Tom, our fan base should understand big clubs like City and Real Madrid's under-23s are doing so well. How many minutes they're playing for the first team. It's a really important point. I've put this forward before. Not many big teams you see out there are playing more than, say, two, 21 and under. We can talk about 23 and under. We've got loads of those. But 21-year-olds and under, there aren't many teams out there that play more than one or two. Manchester City, you look and it's Phil Foden. Liverpool, you're looking and, I mean, how old's Trent? Alexander-Arnold. Is he, like, 22 now? Yeah, so he's 22 now. Curtis Jones? How old's Curtis Jones? Curtis Jones is 20. So I'm looking into those sides and I'm not seeing many 21 and unders in the sides. And it's true. If you want to achieve those targets, you don't have many players that are of that age playing regular minutes week in, week out. But Arsenal have a lot. Arsenal have Smith Rowe. We have Saka. We have Lukonga. Uh, we've, got, we've got a 23 average age defensive line and goalkeeper. We have really three experienced heads of Partey, Xhaka, and Aubameyang. Lacazette's not playing right now. And you have Pepe, who's 26. Um, it's a very young squad. And so to add some key experience, add some players that are 25, 26, 27, going into their prime, is going to help us go towards our targets. I wouldn't be averse to this. I don't think that winger is a priority. I think you look at the striking position. I think you look at centre midfield and a left-footed centre midfielder for that for that as well. And you look at those key areas and you go, that's the priority right now. But if an opportunity comes up to sign a player like Sterling, I think you take it. I think you absolutely take it and you look to push towards that next target. That's what I'd be pushing towards. Uh, Yo-Yo says, do the N-Naziri link surprise you after missing out on Abraham? They don't seem similar. Um, <laughs> it, I still find these really strange. I mean, I put out a piece a few months ago about five strikers that Arsenal could sign and I listed in Naziri before we were linked to him and all of a sudden we got linked to a load of players. I'm not saying they're linked. I'm just saying it was weird. <laughs> I'm just saying it was a bit odd how they followed one another. Um, I'm, I need to test that theory out, some other stuff. Um, but I would take him. That's why I put him on that list. I would absolutely take Yusuf Naziri. I think he's a fantastic striker. I think he would give us a lot of uh, difference to what we've previously had. A striker that can hold the ball up. A striker that's good in the air. A striker that's good clinically. A striker that's still got a bit of speed about him, even though he's quite tall. I think he's a great all-round striker. It would be a fantastic signing for Arsenal. Um, let's. We are now obviously going into chatbots and with your questions. So keep throwing them into the chatbots, guys. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here. Uh, there is another topic that I want to talk about in just a second. Oh, Gabriel found his tooth. Uh, if you didn't see that, please make sure you check out his Instagram story. Very funny, very amusing. Not for him losing his tooth, but he shows how quickly if you're a footballer, you can get your problems solved. But if I knocked a tooth out and tried to get it <laughs> fixed, it would take ages. Um, next day, next day job from uh, from Gabriel. MCPE uh, says, Tom, do you think that besides the fact that Tierney hasn't been getting good service from the midfield, his creativity on the left-hand side has dropped this season? Um, 
I think, yes. But to say that besides from the fact that he's not being, been getting as good of a service probably is not something you can put it aside. That is one of the big, big reasons. I mean, take away Xhaka, you lose that pass out to the left flank and that's that's a big problem. We didn't lose it against Burnley because we had Erdogan playing alongside Smith-Rowe in the 4-3-3. And that's why I'd like us to see us return to that kind of system. I think that would really help Tierney. I'm not sure why it's dropped off as much as say it did last season. I think maybe because arguably the quality of the rest of the players has stepped up. So he's standing out less. You could argue there's a good argument that a player that stands out less doesn't necessarily mean that they're performing any worse. It's just because other players in the team have started to raise their level and so they don't stand out as much. It's just part and parcel of, of a lot more players playing better. Sterling is a false nine. Is Arteta's dream come true, says the real Yannis. Answer says, why does it have to be a left-footed midfielder, though? There are right-footed players who can play on both sides. There are, answer. You're absolutely right. There are right-footed players that can play on both sides. But what we do need is someone that is good enough to feed the service to the left. And right now, Lokonga isn't that player for me. Lokonga, I feel, is still someone that's developing, is still improving. I feel much, I feel very much like Lokonga is our Partey backup right now. He is the person that came in to provide us depth when Partey is out, and I feel like Lokonga will be able to achieve that. But we are lacking in depth for me on the other side, someone that's capable of supporting Tierney. Now, a left footer, answer naturally would improve things. But a right footer that can still use their left or can still accurately and efficiently pass out to the left is still very good. So I'm not ruling out all right footers. I'm just saying that when you're assessing centre midfielders to come in, you need someone that can pass very well out to the left footers, as the left backs and the left winger. That's certainly something that we need um, to, to instill in our sides. And I'm not sure Lokonga is that yet. He could be. He's still very young. still got a lot more development to do. Uh, Dirks says, what has Martinelli got to do to get more minutes? We can all see he brings energy and pace to the team and would only get better with chances, but he doesn't get enough minutes. I think if Arteta switched to a 4-3-3 and you play Partey as the sole six, Erdogan and Smith-Rowe as the eights, I'd play Saka on the right. I wouldn't play Pepe. I'd play Martinelli on the left-hand side. I want to see a right footer on the left. I think it adds more balance. I think it means that Tierney can overlap and he can play it. And I think those two have struggled, Tierney and Martinelli, to form a relationship. And I think the more minutes you give them together, the better chance we've got of that happening. So I'd like Martinelli to be given a chance if we're not going to play a 4-2-3-1. I'd like to see Martinelli come in. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's what Arteta will do. And that's a shame because I think there's a talent there. And right now it's just not showing itself to be an option for us. Uh, Coop Miners would have been a good signing. Um, I always thought he was too bit too similar to Xhaka, but turns out could have done with that this season. <laughs> could have done with that. And he could have really very much developed to a player much better than Xhaka too. Uh, Toby says, do you think that we should get a stopgap since Patino looks like he could be the guy in the next two to three years? Possibly. Um, but maybe we already have players like that that are going to be stopgaps like El Nenny and Maitland-Niles, but I want to see a signer a quality player in midfields. You can't be, you can't just be, you know, that's the right word. Sentimental is the word I used before. I don't think you can be too attached to players, to be honest. Right, let's move on to the final topic of the day because I want to discuss it because it's been trending on Twitter and we always like to discuss things that are a, bit, a little bit divisive, and a little bit uncomfortable sometimes for people to talk about and that's AFTV. Now, um, AFTV, of course, been around for a very, very long time. I've got a lot of friends um, that are in AFTV, Lee Judges, 
as you very much know, Dan Potts, uh, Pottsy boy. Um, but I've also got people that are there that I don't particularly get on with, that have left there that I don't get on with, don't particularly like. Do you know what I do? I don't engage with them. Most of them are blocked on Twitter. Um, and that's kind of the message, is if you don't like something or someone, you don't have to engage with it. You can block them. You can mute them. You can unfollow them. You are in control of what you see on your timelines. You're in control of it. And that's why I get so staggered sometimes at the anger. It's why I get so surprised at the pure, visceral hatred towards AFTV. I really do struggle to see why some people think it's okay to chant certain things, to say certain things to people like Pippa, who you probably saw on Twitter. To, to hear some of the chant and the videos that went out of the Brighton game and to hear some of the chants and you can see small children in that crowd that have gone with their family, gone with their parents. Sometimes it's even their parents that are shouting these chants that are ridiculous. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It shows more. It's embarrassing. People say that AFTV embarrasses the fan base. No, I'm sorry. But chants like I saw in videos on social media embarrass this fan base. Absolutely embarrass and make a mockery of Arsenal Football Club. Arsenal Football Club used to be, and I use the word used to be because I think there are a lot of factors that have removed that class, like the current ownership, for instance, and the way in which the fans have been treated by the ownership. But AFTV is a medium in which fans, Arsenal fans, can come onto a channel and voice their views. I personally have had my own issues with AFTV and specifically some of the things that are completely unrelated to the opinions that have gone on. And I've never made or never hidden that whatsoever. And I've also been very open to talking about it and I'm very open to being discussing it. Things not being credited, etc., which is part and parcel of the job at the end of the day of my right to be annoyed and not being credited for certain things. And to be fair to AFTV, very recently, they have started crediting me for a lot of things that I've written or said. And, you know, fair play to them for that. So thanks. <laughs> um, but but my opinion of AFTV over the last, what, year, I suppose, is I don't engage with what I don't want to watch because I don't have to. <laughs> I don't want to watch something I want to watch it. Sometimes I tune in to watch judges or Potsy say some of their words because they're my friends. And so I want to hear and I want to understand what they're saying, what they're talking about. But anyone I don't want to listen to, I don't listen to because you know what? I have choice in my life. Some people feel like they don't have choice. They feel like it's forced upon them. They feel like it's an embarrassment to this to the football club. That, And then those same people go out and call Robbie Lyle some disgusting things in chance. I really don't understand it. I really can't get my head around it. And the same thing is, is funny. One of the funniest thing is, is that some of those same people will go and follow other channels. They might follow this. You might be watching me. You might be one of those people that was at the Amex Stadium and charting those horrible things and thinking, oh, but I don't watch them. I watch Tom. Well, I'm sorry, but without AFTV, I wouldn't be here. Fan channels wouldn't be here because someone had to open the door. Someone had to open the, the floodgates. And the success of, of people that were around prior to AFTV has definitely been emphasized by the 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 presence of AFTV and the want to hear the other side and something that's different to AFTV um, and the divisiveness, I suppose, of it previously. And I think things are changing. I do think things have changed a lot. I've noticed a big change over, say, the last six months to the year 
Um, it's no longer, I think, as kind of, uh, what's the right terminology? Um, I think sometimes some opinions would be on there because they were divisive, because they caused controversy. And I think that's changed actually a lot. And I think some people can't really appreciate something and go, you know what, fair play. Fair play, they've changed something. They, it's really difficult to do that, especially if you've, hate, if you've hated it for so long. It's really hard to see if there's differences or if there's changes or if something's being trying to be done to improve it. I also think that there is a lot of envy. I think there's a lot of jealousy that people didn't think of it first. Uh, I think there's a lot of envy and jealousy towards Robbie um, that they didn't think of, of the idea first or do the idea first. But you can't knock the guy's work ethic because it's insane. Um, how much work goes into putting on these shows, improving the channel, trying to change it, change perceptions of it. I don't agree with everything that's what's gone on there. I don't agree with with certain things that have happened to certain people. That's my own personal opinion. And I, you know, I talk to those people and I'm friends with those people. Um, but the actual kind of the idea of of some of the chants that I've seen, which sparked the, my want to talk about it today, is just embarrassing. Really, really embarrassing. So as I've said before, uh, on this topic. If you don't like something, don't watch it. Don't go onto Twitter and spout a load of abuse towards someone you don't know from your next door neighbor. You don't need to do that. Block them, ignore them, mute them, unfollow them. You're in control. Why are you getting so angry about something that you have control of whether you see it or not? And people talk about the influence it has on younger people and doing certain things. Like the the other day, I think it was, um, was it some young kids that were videoed um, taking a, uh, like sending abuse towards Arteta in his car. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of you saw that video. Um, and people blamed AFTV for that. And I'm like, why? That, why? <laughs> that, that, that will happen. The, the idea of wanting to be famous, the idea of wanting to gain social media notoriety, the idea of wanting to do something controversial to get to get attention. Are you telling me that never existed before I have to be? That's been going on for hundreds of years. People doing controversial acts to get attention. <laughs> hundreds of years. All through history, people have done controversial things to get attention, to get noticed. Sometimes do some dreadful things after that. If you're telling me that kids who've got access to social media and a phone and the ability to become famous and go viral because they want to do abuse Arteta from a car is because of AFTV. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. These kids will do that. Anyone will do that. Loads of people, not anyone, loads of people will do that to get attention. Absolutely, they will do that to get attention. To blame that on it, to say that wouldn't be happening if AFTV didn't exist is ridiculous. It's silly. It's so silly. I just can't fathom how people get so upset about something they have control about whether they see or not. It's staggering. And I was so, I used to be so guilty of it as well. Like I would get so annoyed about it. I would tweet things about it. I'm not I'm not innocent in this. And I always hold my hands up to things I've done wrong. I would I think there's probably tweets you can probably find that I've said that AFTV's this, AFTV's that. But I look back on it now with absolute embarrassment. Absolute I look back and go, what were you talking about, Tom? Why were you so annoyed about AFTV? You have control over it. You have control whether you want to see it. You have control whether you want to watch it. Why do you care? Why do you care so much about that? It's ridiculous. I feel like I've used the word ridiculous a ridiculous amount of times now. 
Let's see what you guys said. Does anyone, and I want to know if you disagree with me. I'm happy to stick around for 15 or so more minutes. I've got time before I jump on to my job. Um, if you've got something to say about it, say about it. Um, Rod says, AFTV is a Mickey Mouse media that exacerbates the issues at Arsenal, but you're right. I don't like, I don't like, don't watch. And if that's your opinion, you think that it exacerbates that? And I think if you've not watched it for a long time, you probably think, and I, I wouldn't blame you because I know I've seen a lot of views that did crop up in my timeline that I didn't agree with and that were very vocal and that a lot of people viewed it. And then unfortunately, that that view that I didn't agree with was spread amongst other people that chose to watch it. And that's fine. You don't have to listen to those people either that have agreed with them. You don't have to follow them, hear it. You can block it. You can mute it. You can do your choice. Um, but it gives the, the possibility of fans voicing a view and they are fellow Arsenal fans. The only thing that I would always, always say is if someone goes on there and says anything abusive about the manager, tells the manager to F off, calls the manager this, calls the players that, says you're this, you're that, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with that. And I think Robbie should have a more of a responsibility to not put those types of videos out there. I've not watched too many recently, so I don't know if that's changed. I've noticed the change in the things that some people are saying and some of the clips that are coming up on my timeline. But that's that's on Robbie. So if there's there's a responsibility there, I feel, not to put up abusive opinions. I think there's a, a also what something I've noticed previously is in a watch-along chat box, some of the comments, and I haven't watched one for a long time, so this may have changed. So if it has, fair play. But the chat boxes, the, the the comment sections, and I know they go crazy and it's really hard, but there should be moderation. There should absolutely be moderation of those. And if they aren't moderating it, they should be. They should be doing more to moderate them. They should vet certain comments, definitely, before they read them out. Um, <clears throat> let's see what some of you other guys are saying. Um, Fabo says, it's a shame that lately we can't disagree without insulting each other. The art of having a constructive debate and criticism has been lost. I hope it's not been lost here, Fabo. I know it's really hard sometimes to, to voice a view. Why is my screen so grainy? What is going on? <laughs> I've just noticed that on my screen. Hold on. Let me sort this out. That's ridiculous. That looks awful. Uh, let's change the similarities. That oh no, I've gone green. Too green. Too green. There we go. Hopefully that's fixed that problem. There you go. Awful green screen in the morning. I think it's because I've got my window open. That must be why. Keisho says I'm a modern AFTV. Fantastic. I hope you're doing some really good work at removing some horrible content. Uh, content comments, not content. Comments. Thank you. Um, Sorry, Thabo, let's go back to your comment. The art of having a constructive debate and criticism has been lost. I hope it hasn't, Thabo. I hope that here we've showed that on our phone-in shows, um, I mean, we did one recently where I got loads of people on that completely disagreed with my point about Edu and my point of view, and I feel like we had a really constructive debate. So I hope it's not been lost, but I think on social media, you've got absolutely no chance of it being successful. Really no chance of it being, because you're always going to find someone that's, behind usually an avatar of not them. Now, I'm not saying that you have a right not to have an avatar, that you don't have a right to have an avatar that's not your face. But what I would say is I think it does encourage violent, abusive behavior. The anonymity of social media makes it so much easier for people to be abusive, either on here, on Twitter, whatever. It's so much easier to be abusive if you have a, if you can hide behind anonymity. 
Um, and it's certainly something that we've already talked about on here a lot of times. I did it with John, talked a lot about how we feel that social media needs to do more work to identify these people. I think recently, I can't remember the story of the person it was, but I think there was someone that was convicted for the first time of racially abusing a footballer online, which is great news. Thank, uh, they need to do more work to you know, pro uh, prosecute more of these people saying these horrible, horrible words. Um, they're not doing enough. But absolutely. Uh, Colin says, Tom, passion amongst football fans can spill into narrow, into raw reactions. <laughs> Good term. Uh, and emotions sometimes. It makes or breaks TV viewing. Now, viewing figures are always going to be a big priority of anything. I always feel like it's important that you try and remain as, as legit as you can to try and achieve success. Success is in media born through engagement. That's, that's part and parcel of it. I know that from this channel. And I've done video. I remember I did a video when we didn't sign Emi Buendia. And I had a real rant about not signing Emi Buendia. And it blew up over this summer. It was what I think it was our most viewed video on the channel this summer. And it goes to show that. And I think if we lose games, if we, I think when we get battered by people that you don't expect to get battered by, and I come on and have my views, more people tune in. It's part and parcel of being human. Humans crave drama. That's why I love Maiden Chelsea. Judge me all you like. I don't care. <laughs> but I love, you love a little bit of drama. I love watching Love Island. I love watching all these things. Married at first sight at the moment in the UK. It's part of human nature. We crave, crave drama. It's just part and parcel of life. But the important thing is the responsibility to try and nullify as much as possible the abusive comments, the reactions. And so... It's just important that you all realize if, if you really genuinely hate something like AFTV so much, instead of being abusive, instead of, instead of getting involved in silly chants, and silly is a really understated word. It shouldn't. It's not silly. It's awful, abusive, abhorrent chants that are going on in the stadium. You don't have to do that. You don't have to chant that. You don't have to get involved with it. You don't have to get involved online. You don't have to share the video. You don't have to do anything. You can just choose to ignore it. You can block it. You can not join in. You can not sing. You can mute it. You can do what you need to do. It's It just stuns me how many people get annoyed at something. They have control over whether they see it or not. That's, again, I just keep coming back to that point. Um Aston Villa fans are watching you, Tom. Were they no sleep? When? <laughs> when were they? Probably, yes. Aston Villa fans were definitely watching me when I did the Buendia video. Absolutely. I bet they loved it. <laughs> I bet they absolutely loved it. Um, Adam says, AFTV was for me was the gateway for other Arsenal content on YouTube. Absolutely. I mean, if you can't admit as a content creator that without AFTV, you probably wouldn't be doing what you're doing, I don't really know um what to say to you really because i could admit it i know that without AFTV, this wouldn't be here i know craig probably wouldn't have started it without the inspiration of, of AFTV at first uh, and i probably wouldn't have carried it on without the inspiration of AFTV and seeing the success i mean this doing this channel has enabled me to get a job in football and i never ever for a single second take that for granted and i never ever forget that without AFTV opening the floodgates for this type of content and creation and content of creation probably wouldn't have the job I have today. It's probably a, it's probably a fact and there probably wouldn't be the, the changing nature of the landscape of football media without things like AFTV. 
it's just fact. It's just it is what it is. Um, let's go a little bit more. Uh, Cleansing says you are underplaying the personal attacks on AFTV's Robbie and overpinning your personal opinions of their content. Cleansing, could you provide a little bit more context to what you mean? I'd love if you're voicing a different opinion. That's great, but I need a little bit more. You are underplaying personal attacks on a underplaying. I don't feel like I'm underplaying. I think I've said how awful and abhorrent and disgusting they all are. I don't think I don't know what more I could say about it. And I've, that's kind of what we're talking about. Um, I don't think I can underplay it. I don't really want to use the words that were used. If you want me to specifically say what was being said, I'm not going to because I think it's disgusting. I know that there are probably and we are, I have a responsibility in the day, which is why I try and limit the amount of swearing on the channel because I know people listen to this with their kids because people have sent me emails saying, Tom, thanks very so much for limiting the swearing because I do listen to this with my children. And so I, I own that responsibility. So I'm not going to repeat what was said. I'm sure you'll be able to easily find it online if you've seen it. Um, but I don't think... Um, my personal opinion of the content saying you're... And overpinning your personal opinion of the content... Don't know what you mean by that. So you're going to have to provide a little bit more context. If you are back in the chat, Glenn, and I promise I will read out your comment if it is respectful. Um, <laughs> uh, Lewis says, I don't like the fact that you love Love Island. You like Love Island, but I don't vilify you for watching it. And guess what? Don't watch it myself. Just uh, we need to stop abuse. It's pretty It's pretty solid. It's, exactly. That's, it's a perfect analogy. If you don't like something, you don't watch it. It's as simple as that. And you don't have to... <laughs> Have a go at people for liking something that you necessarily do like yourself. Why am I so dark? I feel like the light's gone out in the room and it hasn't. Nothing's changed. So we can brighten this up. There we go. Um, let's jump back. AFTV are pioneers, but they got greedy as they grew. Ronnie, what do you mean by that? This is this is something I get really, really passionate about is when people put comments without reason. It's saying that someone's this, someone's that, a player's this, a player's that, content creator's this or that, without actually saying why. It's really dangerous to start making claims about things without ever putting um, reason or explanation or proof or evidence. It's so, so dangerous because people can subscribe to it so easily. So it's important that if you're going to make a claim like that, you need to say why or how or where's the evidence of them doing this. Um, Rook says, I'm absolutely obviously not in the know on why this is an issue for anybody. I don't like AFTV, they're negative, and I didn't like the format of shows. Too much humor, I don't watch it. That is it. And there you go, Vuk. Fair play to you. If you don't watch, you don't like it, you don't watch it. Um, <laughs> Robert says, Abuse can make you stronger. Stop crying. Now, this is the perfect example of a comment that shows that the real issue in society and the desensitivity to some of the issues that people face on a daily basis. And Robert, frankly, I think you need to be a little bit more educated about things that are going on in the world regarding this sort of thing. And that if you think that it's okay, and that if you think abuse just makes you stronger, there are plenty out of people out there that will not agree with you, absolutely not agree with you. And because of that, you're just simply wrong in this sense. Abuse doesn't just make everybody stronger, mate. And that's why, unfortunately... There are massive levels of suicide relating to online social media abuse out there. So, no, people won't stop crying. Instead, what we're going to do for those people that are crying because of social media abuse is we're going to help them instead. And I'm sure they don't need people like you, Robert, that are out there telling them to stop crying. See you later. 
Um, Zuko says, the bigger or more successful you become in most things, the more negative and positive uh, attention you will attract. Absolutely. Uh, envy is a really big, um, it's a really big problem. That's it. Um, Clinton says, saying they're abhorrent is one thing, but sharing that opinion alongside talking about your personal opinions of dislike of AFTV content waters down the personal abuse of AFTV you're talking about. Um, okay, Clinton, fair enough. Let's separate these two then. So my personal issue, as I've talked about several times, is that things I had said in the past were not credited. That was why I had my negative view of not the, I suppose I was wrong to say AFTV as a whole, but whoever it was behind the scenes that never credited my content when they were being when it was being used by FTV, that's the issue I had. And you know what? They turn around and now, since that point, as we talked about earlier on in the show, they have credited my work. They've named me in posts. They've named me and my company, uh, my company, my uh, channel, and they've named my employer whenever I've posted anything that I've written. And so that's kind of done for me now, Cleansing. And I think actually what you should look at now is someone that's admitted that and turned around and said, look, fair play to them, and is addressing some of the issues. Trying to play down someone that's had their own issues with an aspect of the channel in the past, now criticizing those that are being horrible to those people, in my opinion, if anything, shows a greater level of perspective than someone that, say, loves and has always loved the channel and has always defended the channel that has then called these people out for it. I think, if anything, it is more powerful to say it from someone that's had their own issues with it and is coming out now and saying, you are you guys that are saying these awful things are wrong. That's what I would say to you about that cleansing. So I hope that provides some content. Um, <laughs> I like your show sometimes. It's boring though. Some of AFTV, some for AF, same for AFTV. Sometimes I watch you, sometimes I watch you. Keep up the good work. Thanks. If you find some of it boring, I can only apologize. <laughs> I can only do what I do. But I suppose if it's, it's your opinion and I can't please everybody at the end of the day. It is what it is. I can't, I can't change your view. And that's absolutely fine. You tune in when you want to tune in. I, I accept all criticism as long as it's constructive. So if you could cleanse in, tell me what about it is boring and we can try our best to try and help you understand why it's either not or do something about it. But again, it's kind of those things that it's kind of those claims where you go, you've said it's boring without telling me why. I'd love to know why. So there you go. Uh, Glenn said, question, did I ask AFT to credit my work? Uh, yes, I did. Um, when I saw the content that had been used uh, from my work, I messaged them and said, can you credit it? And nothing changed. Um, it didn't change, unfortunately. So that's why I was annoyed still about that piece of content. Uh, it, nothing changed. Uh, but other things that I have put out recently have been credited. So there you go. So yes, I did. Um, maybe cheerleaders in the background. <laughs> I was going to get uh, Mrs. TGT to come in here and she can, you know, uh, do some cheerleading in the background. She would hate that. I think there's only one show she's ever been on and that was when we did the quiz. Uh, that was it. And that was only because her parents dared her to when they were watching the quiz at their place. Amazing in-laws I've got. Um, Marco says, I don't understand the AFTV issue. Everyone has opinions and fan channels. Just find the ones that suits your ideology the most. However, I prefer an objective view. Fair play to you, mate. Fair play. Um, Ronit says, example backing up my statement. When we played against Wimbledon, there were no streams available, but people doing watch-alongs in AFT acted like they were watching the game 
for 15 for 20 minutes. Um, uh, what was the actual original? <laughs> I've lost the context of what the comment was originally. Uh, let me just try and find it. Bro, neat. Uh, you said AFTVs are pioneers, but they got greedy as they grew. So your example, backing up the statement of saying they're greedy, is that they pretended to watch a game that wasn't watchable. I don't follow, Ernie. I'll be very honest with you. I don't know how that makes them greedy. I think that makes them look a bit silly. <laughs> very honest about that. If they're acting along when they can't watch it, I don't know. Uh, I think that makes them look a bit silly, but beyond that, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> I don't really know how that... <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't really know how else that would make you look other than a little bit silly, to be honest. <laughs> I'd laugh. I don't know how that makes them greedy. Um, maybe you can explain. Uh, Dan says, do you think AFT Pursuit of giving uncensored opinions is doing more harm than good? I know people like to be vindicated for having said opinions, but do all views deserve attention? Uh, no, not all views deserve attention. If they're abusive, if they're harmful, if they're um, derogatory, if they're abusive, no, they don't. And I think there should be more work done across the board to limit those types of views. Um, uncensored, when you see the words like uncensored, it's strange. It's a really strange tactic that's employed sometimes. Um I think the more should be done to tackle it. I think that those types of views should be vetted, that they should be um, removed if possible. I'm not saying criticism shouldn't be removed. If you want to say that you think Arteta is not good enough to be the manager of Arsenal because he's inexperienced, he's got poor in-game management, blah, 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 blah. That's fine. You're not abusing them. You're, you're, you're criticising. There's a big difference between criticism and abuse. If you say Mikel Arteta is, insert abusive word here, is a very different point of opinion than saying, I don't think he's good enough because, and listing a bunch of reasons that are legit, that talking about his abilities as a coach. If you want to talk about Granite Xhaka and say that he's not good enough because you think that he's too slow, his recovery pace isn't good enough, he makes too many errors that lead to goal, he's too, um, he's too rash in his challenges that get red cards, that's all fine. But if you want to say he's SHIT, if you want to say he's this, if you want to abuse him, you say he's this, he says whatever, it's different. It's so different. And that's the thing that should change. I, I wrote a piece the other day about Granite Xhaka talking about how I can separate the when he told fans to F off. I didn't agree with him doing that. And I don't also think he was telling the entire ground to F off. I think he was being very, it's almost impossible to direct specifically who your message is in a stadium. But when you, your partner and your unborn child have received tons of online abuse, I completely understand why he flipped. Because I probably would. I'd flip. <laughs> I'd lose my lid if that was me. So I have complete understanding for it. I don't agree with what he did, but I understand what he did and I can separate that but I know a lot of people can't and that's fine that's your opinion but it doesn't mean that you can abuse him the classic statement of two wrongs do not make a right um be honest Tom have you already banned the guy in the chat who called your channel boring no I haven't I haven't banned him I just love if he could tell me why I didn't you can see if I ban someone in the chat it comes up um so no um <laughs> what about calling him the Spanish Tony Pulis I think it's a bit silly I think it's a little bit 
I think it's rude. I, I don't think it's abusive. <laughs> I think it's very immature. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe someone could educate me and explain to me why that is abusive. And I think there are other things that have been said by people who have said that specific thing that are abusive. Um, but that specific thing, I'm not sure that it is. Um, but maybe people can tell me uh, that it is. Um, Dirk says, I love AFTV, but I've always had the opinion that the views of the fans have always reflected the team's performances. Fans get angry when their team lose and they're happy when they win. AFTV shows that. Um, I don't think that one of the strangest opinions that I see that go out there is that AFTV, AFTV have been directly in part responsible for the decline of Arsenal. Again, I'll use this words as frequently as I've used it this show. That's ridiculous. <laughs> to think that AFTV has any impact on the decline and the reasoning behind the decline of Arsenal Football Club is, is anything undermines what should be the main focus, which is absolutely targeting the ownership with the displeasure and the the opposition that they have caused it. They, the ownership are the absolute cause of Arsenal's decline. To suggest that AFTV is responsible for Arsenal's decline is, is a joke. And it lacks perspective. It lacks common It lacks common sense. It lacks level-headed thinking. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> Colin, hey, Tom, could Pablo Marie play as a left-sided central midfielder? Throwing in the football questions. <laughs> um yeah, look, I I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I am very aware of the time now. I am going to wrap things up there. Look, I want to know your comments. I want to know what you think about this debate because I probably will have people on in the week. I probably will have a phone-in show in the week, in the evenings, talking about this with people that feel um, that it's not, um, that the AFTV is wrong or that specifically Robbie's wrong or whatever. Um I'd, I'd love to know the thoughts and theories because I think there's some really extreme views out there about it that I can't get my head around. That I don't know why people care as much as they do about something that they can control whether they watch or not. Very strange. Anyway, um, we will wrap things up there. Please do drop a like on today's video. Please subscribe to the channel if you have not done so already. Um, and yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. I will see you very soon if you want to find more content uh, that involves myself, please do go watch the Arsenal way at 9.30am today for our usual uh, Arsenal agenda stream. Some really good content coming out over on the Arsenal way and of course over on the Guna Talk this week. So make sure you subscribe to get all of that content. Flying Fish Gang, thank you so, so much for tuning in. If you'd like to help support the channel, buy it like Matt does by becoming a member. We would really very much appreciate that. In fact, Matt, I think you're closing in, if not already, on being a two-year member let me just give you a shout out if that is certainly the case. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, total time as a member, Matt G, 20 months. You're four months away, Matt, from that two-year badge. You're so close. But thank you for your continued support, everybody on the channel. You're absolute legends. Enjoy your day. Have a fantastic one. And as always, up the arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.